0: Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Dr. Nancy Zare. She is the CEO of Rapport Builders and past president of the National Speakers Association of New England. She holds an MSW in organizational planning and development and a PhD in social work and organizational development from Boston College. For more than 10 years, she has taught an accelerated program on entrepreneurial practice, leadership, organizational development, public speaking and research methods, both in the US and Sweden. She has studied successful sales professionals. Okay, so if you are a sales professional who's looking to be more successful, she has studied you, many of you, and knows exactly why some success, sorry, some successful salespeople excel and others don't. More importantly, she can teach it to you. So if you wanna start excelling even bigger and better and create that future for yourself, for your family, and you gotta get better at sales to do it, we both know that, then she's gonna help us today, okay? And I'm gonna excavate her best wisdom nuggets out of here. We're gonna pull principles, We're going to give you tips and strategies, Startup Nation. So get your pen and paper, as always, out. Get ready to transcribe the wisdom. Here we go. Dr. Nancy Zare, welcome to your first 100K Top 100 podcast in Entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Oh, my goodness, Joseph, that was a phenomenal intro. Uh, I'm wondering, what have you not covered? (laughs) Uh, You know, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. I've spent most of my adult life in Boston, currently living in Stewart, Florida. I've been here a little over a year. And I'll tell you, uh, changing locations is very refreshing to your psyche. So I recommend it.
0: I agree. I agree. Anytime, Startup Nation, you are stuck in a rut, change your environment, change the people around you, and freedom, you will break through that plateau. All right, so for any of our viewers right now, if you look at Dr. Nancy right now, she is sporting a red, fabulous cap. On top of that is a yellow, extravagant cap. And on top of that, both those caps is a green (laughs) cap for make more money with sales. Nancy, tell us, why are you wearing these three hats on your head? That takes boldness, girl. What's the message here?
1: (laughs) Boldness and balance, let me put it that way. Uh, So here's the scoop, Joseph. Entrepreneurs wear many hats. And the hats that they really try to push away is the hat of uh, marketing and sales. And uh, the third hat, of course, would be strategy, because if you're not planning and you're not uh, having a vision for where you're going, you're not going anywhere. So those are the reasons I sport all sorts of hats. And uh, for the viewers, uh, it could be that if any of them fall, you'll know that it's hard to juggle the hats.
0: I like it. Boldness and balance, Startup Nation. Don't we all need a little more of each? All right, Nancy, start us out. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: Okay, so I'm going to share with you an embarrassing moment, but why not, right? Go for it. Let's
0: go. You're wearing three hats. It doesn't get (laughs) that.
1: It doesn't get any worse than this. So here's the scoop. Um, I have a heavy foot on the gas pedal. And I used to teach at Springfield College in Massachusetts, about an hour and five minutes away from where I resided in Framingham, Massachusetts. But in my mind, eh, an hour was sufficient to get to where I needed to go. And that has to do with personality style, which we'll get into later. At any rate, in order to make it within an hour, of course, I would have to speed on the turnpike and uh, I got caught not once, not twice, not three times, more times, okay? So much so that I had to go to driver's re-education school, and now I do not speed. At least I have some tricks to keep me from uh, getting ticketed because, yes, I have a heavy foot.
0: Beautiful. I love it. We're connected here, right? I grew up in Long Island, New York, and like, The great part about growing up in New York, if you're not from New York, you already know New York drivers have a reputation across the country, pretty much all of the Northeast, in my opinion, right? And here's the thing for all you people outside of the Northeast, okay? We're not bad drivers. We're just decisive We're decisive drivers and we're going places, okay? And we all get along because we know if someone's flying up in the left lane, you move over. You just move over because they're more direct and they're on a mission more than you are. Down here in the South and in the West where I've lived, like, why don't we get this? Like, why would you sit in the left lane and block the person who's coming up on you, aggressive flashing the lights? And God forbid that is a husband racing his wife to the emergency room to deliver a baby. And you don't know. And meanwhile, you're giving them the finger because they're honking at you, breaking the law, driving slow in the left lane. Am I going off on a rant? I think I am. But you all get the point. And I hope, I hope you stop doing it. Just move over. Slow lane is for slow people. Okay. Going on. Dr. Nancy, let's get into some stuff here. All right. I'm making you laugh. That's good. I was going to
1: say, now that I've embarrassed myself and we've, you know, whatever, let's let's get into some stuff. I have real credibility at this point. There you go. I love it. Heavy <laughs> foot.
0: You're wearing three hats. You're bold and balanced, girl. Like you're ready for anything. I know. Let's put you on stage. All right. Yeah, Dr. Nancy, yeah. let's get serious about business here. Okay. Business, marketing and sales. Most people, business owners, entrepreneurs, they avoid them at all costs because they feel they are inferior in one or both. Yet they know, they've heard from the experts, they need to learn both. They need to get good at both because both are essential. And if you have good marketing, Startup Nation, marketing is just visibility, right? It's just visibility. It's people are aware of what you do and they know where to find you, right? And you're in the right places at the right times. Right? So that's it. That's marketing. Okay. And then sales is once the people engage with you, you convert them from a prospect to a buyer. That means there's a transaction that takes place. Okay. That's it. That's all we're talking about in simplified form. Dr. Nancy, did I miss anything there?
1: No, it's a continuous pipeline. You may have heard it referred to as a sales pipeline or a marketing funnel. And that's exactly what happens. It starts with uh, you're creating visibility. Visibility does not mean that anyone really knows what it is you do, but yeah, that your name has been there. They kinda, you yeah, know, whatever. You have to go from visibility to the next stage, which is called credibility. Credibility is not only do I know your name, not only do I know your occupation, what it is you do. But I have a sense that you're competent and good at it. That is what credibility is. And and it may take a while to go from visibility to credibility. Again, this is what marketing is doing and generating it. Once the person has credibility, usually now there's a, a hand raise. I volunteer that, gee, what you're talking about, what you're have expertise in is something that interests me. And it's at that stage that they become a qualified prospect, which you then nurture and eventually hope become a paying customer. That's your pipeline.
0: Got it. Thank you for breaking that down. So uh, concisely, very clear. All right. So we avoid marketing. Let's start with marketing because without marketing, you don't really get to sell or close and have the sales conversation. So, why are we avoiding marketing why what are you seeing out there you get to speak with a lot of entrepreneurs you've studied the best of the best where where's the breakdown with marketing
1: so particularly the people that i work with most and best are people who are shy about self-promotion. And they're shy about self-promotion. They don't want to be pushy and aggressive. And I think it's because it dates back to our own experiences with people who were pushy and aggressive, the stereotype of the used car salesman. Uh, There are a multitude of reasons. And some of it may be our own style. We have invested in our expertise, our area of knowledge. Uh, We love what we do. We have focused so much on that and gotten whatever credential or license or certification that qualifies us to do what we do. But no one taught us or, or gave us the fundamentals of what do you do to have a business of doing what you do? And we have this rude awakening, Joseph, that we're not in the business we ju- we thought we studied for. We're in the business of marketing and selling that occupation, and that's where the disconnect comes. Like, holy moly, what do I do now? Because I have not, I have not received any education, training about this, and yet my whole livelihood depends upon my success in doing something I'm not trained for.
0: All right. So what I'm hearing you say is that many of us are specialists in our craft. We're specialists and we don't know how to transition because we've never been taught how to transition from specialist Mm to uh, a sales professional. Right. Is that
1: correct? That's correct. It's not something that's usually taught in school. Uh, And so fortunately, there's lots of. Marketing out there that tells us about people who can market our services, get us clients, do lead generation, uh, and maybe even doing the selling. I, in my opinion, Joseph, many people turn to marketing with the expectation or, or hope that the marketing will do the selling. Mm -hmm. You know, look, Ma, look, Dad, I got my degree. I got, you know, my friends. Look, I have this license. I'm qualified to do this. Isn't that sufficient that people are just going to pour in and they don't? Mm -hmm. So lead generation becomes, it is, the biggest challenge for the entrepreneur. How do I generate leads? Which to go back to what you said is gaining visibility.
0: All right. So what have you seen when you studied these successful sales professionals, successful marketers, starting with marketing, lead generation, what have been the most successful strategies you have seen out there for marketing?
1: The biggest one, and this is going to probably uh, make some of you wince and squirm and say, oh, holy moly. The biggest one is you have to niche. You've heard the expression that the riches are in the niches. And everyone is, there's what's called FOMO, fear of missing out. Everyone is motivated by, I want to have this wide net and get, and so that people know I can do all these things with the expectation or hope that, you know, that will then generate business for me. The trouble with a wide net is that the fish can fly, you know, they can swim around it, folks. They are not attracted to a wide net. When you have a very narrow niche, um, you know, uh, the, that is when people say to themselves, you must be an expert in this area. Now I can trust that what you're going to do is for me, not for the generic person out there. So the niches are you know, the, the niches will get you riches. You when you're specific, you'll be terrific. And that's probably one of the best things you have and first thing you have to do in the marketing. You've got to be you've got to hone in and and take a stand, folks. That doesn't mean you won't work with other people. But go after a particular, what's called a target market. Uh, some, you know, you have to know who that is, and that way you can fish in the right pond.
0: Did you struggle with this early on in your business?
1: Oh, everyone specific? does. Positively, positively, because again, the desire is to help anyone and everyone. Well, when you broadcast that message, you get no one. And uh, anyone who does marketing, when you reach out and ask them to help you, one of the first things they're going to ask you is, so who's your audience? You know, who are you aiming this for? You know, uh, you don't need a gun if you're going fishing, right? You know, that's not how you get the fish. So you've got to know not only who the audience is, but then that's going to help you find the right place to generate leads. Uh, craft the right message that will attract people so that it becomes easier, develop expertise within that field. There are so many good reasons for why you want to niche. And yet I know, I know people are are pushing against that idea, especially if they're fairly new in business.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Can you give us one, two or three examples of your absolute favorite uh, niches that you've seen out there with some of the clients you've worked with or have bumped into and like their niche is just so clear, so specific that immediately it pulls you in. Even if you're not an ideal client, you're like, wow, that's amazing. If I was, I'd be all over that.
1: So the first uh, person that comes to mind, uh, uh, Maureen uh, she was a website Uh, designer when I met her and she'd make a website for anyone, right? Anyone, everyone, everyone needs a website. She has now focused on the green construction industry. Does she get clients who are outside the green construction industry? Of course she does, but she has a very clear message. She understands her target market. She knows where to fish and she's highly successful. Uh, I'm thinking of another person who I recently met, not a client of mine, but I was so excited when I heard what he did. So he's a copywriter. um, And he copywrites specifically your sales story, you know, your story. So he doesn't just write copy for anything. He doesn't write, you know, blogs and posts and what. No, he's helping you craft your story. And when you're niching like that, it's like it's so clear that's the person I want to hire because they know my field
0: okay so that was very helpful so startup nation what i just pulled from that is that when you're getting specific in your niche you can get specific with the type of person that you want to work with or you could get very specific with the service that you offer now the ultimate is when you get specific with both I think, right? If you get so clear on, I only work with this type of person and this is the only service I provide for that type of person, but the pain point is so huge that they're willing to pay for it. Man, that's the sweet spot,
1: isn't it? I agree. And uh, it's interesting you should say that because I'm actually honing in on my own niche and my sweet spot being that to help the person who has been ghosted, you know, how it is that you can work with prospects and not get ghosted, uh, particularly in the financial uh, advising and financial planning field.
0: All right. I thought it was going to be in the dating, the online dating space, getting ghosted. I was like, wow, that's yeah. a, oh.
1: Well, dating and sales are very much alike. If you oh, haven't really? noticed it, I mean, you know, it's the biggest sale you'll ever make is when that partner says yes.
0: Amen, amen. All right, Nancy, we talked marketing. I think we did a good job there. Thank you for that. Let's talk sales, all right? So now you found that person right you got specific your you got your niche you got your person you got your service that you offer hopefully it's a high enough ticket right that you don't need that many of those types of people to really start winning financially that's awesome all right they're coming to you how do you close them like tell talk to us about sales and why are we avoiding sales Obviously, you, you spoke about the, you know, the used car salesman, and, and we associate that, or maybe it was a pushy parent or whatever. When like, when I grow up, I'm never going to be that way. right? But why does sales have to be pushy? Does it have to be pushy? Should it not even be pushy? Like, help us walk us through that. Clear well, up some of the uh, head trash we have around sales, would you?
1: I... Definitely believe that sales not only should not be pushy, you know, it, it's possible for you to sell ethically and in alignment with your values. And I I espouse that, I believe in it. The last book I wrote is called No Pressure Selling, 15 Proven Strategies to Increase Sales. And it's all about three principles for how to increase sales without being aggressive and, and salesy. Uh, the first is that you should be asking for permission throughout your conversation. You ask for permission to have the conversation. When you get on the phone or you're in person, you uh, confirm with the person, you know,, um, shout, you know, this is the agenda. Are you ready? May we go forward. Ask, through all the steps of the conversation for permission, and you never have to worry that you are offending them or that they don't wanna talk with you. Asking for permission makes you an invited guest. It, it honors them, It, it you, know, you might think, oh, am I giving up control? No, you're respecting who they are and it becomes a collaboration rather than a transaction. So ask for permission is principle one response or questions to that can you see the value in that joseph of
0: course i see the value in that right that's something i do all the time in my closing in my sales conversation i maintain about a 70 to 80 percent close rate at very high ticket offers which is awesome so i struggle on the first part which is the marketing myself part man i would go out and market other people's products and services like nobody's business and build seven figure businesses around it but man when it came to me all of a sudden i'm like loose at the lips i i'm clumsy i'm like blah 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 right i'm over talking over it's just weird it's just weird so that marketing was definitely uh the issue for me sales i'm i'm there and i'm in agreement with you um, go deeper though, with sales for, yeah. for the person out there that's listening right now. And they're like, okay, so I, I, I like that. I like that. Dr. Nancy. I like two more principles. People. Yeah. So I asked them for permission all the way through the sales conversation. That makes me non salesy, non pushy. I like it. What's next.
1: Okay. And, um, remind me, I want to go back to what if someone says no. So put that on the list for us to go back to talk about the no, because I have a formula for when someone says no. All right. The second, uh, the second principle is to speak without a script. I know that there are many sales schools out there that script that suggest scripts that you write it out, that you perhaps rehearse, memorize and so forth. When you have spoken words that are memorized that comes across as salesy and it's a turnoff. So I definitely suggest that you avoid scripting. Now you need to know where you're going in the sales conversation. So don't avoid having a, a notion of what I'm trying to accomplish and what my goal is. Just don't do it in a salesy scripted way. The last principle is the one where my psychology background comes into play, and that is to adjust what you say to match the personality style, the conversational style, or what I call the buyer style uh, of of your prospect. Because when you shift your language to speak the values of your prospect, they're going to immediately say to themselves, wow, you get me. We're on the same wavelength. We're alike. They're going to relax. The trust is going to build. You've heard that trust makes sales. Sales resistance drops away. And now that opens the door to doing business together. So that last principle, adjust what you say to match your prospect's style, that's dynamite. And it's something that you can use in your marketing as well as in your sales conversations.
0: I really get that. Can you give us an example of that in a sales conversation? Maybe something you've walked through personally or heard of?
1: Well, I'm uh, just before I came on this particular call, I was with another gentleman and he was a very high um, now I don't know what uh, personality styles people are familiar with, but very high energy, very enthusiastic, also very verbal, talked a lot and you know, um, the energy was way up there. Well, if you're a low energy, Person, you're not going to connect with that guy. It's just going to be like two ships passing in the night. And so you got to up your energy, especially if he's the prospect and you're the salesperson, because it's not up to him to adjust to you. It's up to you to adjust to your prospect. And so that's an example of how you have to shift your energy. On the other hand, if you're talking to someone who is slower, You don't want to overwhelm them by talking fast and loud and furious because that's going to disconnect and create a gap again. So that's just a little example of how to adjust. uh, In this case, your approach, not necessarily the words, but I can also give examples about words.
0: Give us examples about words. And before you do, I definitely relate it to what you just used as an example. In my 20s, I was high enthusiasm in your face. People would look at me and go, what are you on? Like seriously, and I used it for everybody. And yeah, it was effective for small little incremental amounts, but if I want anyone to take me seriously, I had to really adjust and gauge myself and become more of a chameleon, not lose who I am, but match, match my external to their external.
1: You know, it's un- It's interesting you said that because the best salespeople outsell the average 57 to 1. And when you uh, study them, you find out that they are chameleons. Now, a chameleon naturally, without thinking about it, will sh- change its color so that when you're on the brown bark, it's brown. And when you're on the green leaf, it's green. And it does it fairly quickly, but at the same time, You can't really see the change. It just kind of happens. Well, the best salespeople within a minute, they sense, am I being too loud, too pushy, too fast, do whatever, or too slow? And they adjust. And then, along with the adjustment of vocal qualities, because vocal qualities are really, really important, they adjust then the content, what they're actually saying. Now, they don't think about it. Why? Because they're on automatic. They have learned it so well that they don't have to consciously think about it, and it just kind of comes through them. For the majority of people who want to become better at sales, you can you can do be very successful at the level of I have to think about it and then I'm competent. And so you reflect on, oh, I, can, I just saw the person wince, uh, body language wise, they pulled away, their eyes looked down. Uh, the, the, there was a frown on their lips or whatever you're sensing you're, you're noting in their body language, I better adjust. So it's okay for you to think it through if you know what you're thinking about and you know where, um, it, and you know what you're trying to accomplish. And that's essentially what I I teach my clients is how to diagnose and read the other person to do it quickly within a minute, and then to shift authentically. It's not like a monkey see monkey do thing. Shift uh, uh, you know, authentically, and be that chameleon, and it works.
0: Startup nation. Nancy is so accurate right now with this. So accurate. Listen, you could start off real easy with modeling body language, right? So if someone is leaning forward, your prospect is leaning forward and you're leaning back, you're showing you're disengaged, right? And and they're leaning in like, tell me more. I'm into this. I'm engaged. So right there, there's a disconnect. So you want to close that gap as quickly as possible, but do it in an unnoticeable way, like Nancy said. And what has worked for me is typically when I see a prospect change their physical uh, body language, I give it about 10 seconds or so, and then I slowly shift mine. mind. For example, if they lean back and put their left leg on top of their right knee, I'll give it about 10 seconds and then I'll lean back and put my left leg over my right knee. And immediately it's like looking for them. It's looking in the mirror and people love to see themselves in the mirror. So they feel comfortable. They feel at ease. They feel as comfortable as they are naked in their own bathroom. And that's, (laughs) that's where you want a prospect to, to be. Is that correct, Nancy?
1: I love that expression. You're right. Um, But I'll tell you an even more authentic way to get someone to feel like we're alike. And it isn't just looking in the mirror body language wise. It's hearing their values. So I I described that person who's the fast talker and enthusiastic and energetic. Well, not only did I want to bring up my energy so that he felt we were alike, but also I knew the words to use, like I have an opportunity to present. Oh, my God, it's awesome. Notice the word opportunity and awesome are words that go along with the style of enthusiasm. And so when you know the right words to use, the language to use, that person is saying to themselves, oh my God, she gets me. we're, we're alike. And it's a, it's a great feeling, it's a great thought. and that is what I help my my clients develop is that sense of alike ability.
0: So question to you are there is there something you mapped out where you're like, hey, there's four different types of, personalities with our prospects. And here's the, the, the trigger words uh, for this type A, the trigger words for type B, the trigger words. Just memorize these 10 words for each of them. And as soon as you realize who's in front of you, A, B, C, or D, you can just shift like a chameleon your vocabulary and then model their, their body language. And before you know it, they're handing you a credit card. Is that what we're saying here?
1: Yeah, you got it. Boy, Joseph, you're a fast learner. So, yes, uh, there are certain words and phrases that are associated with each of the four buying styles. And uh, just let me share with your audience. I have, there are over 200 systems out there of per- personality styles. They share one thing in common that there are four different ways that people are actually biologically, psychologically programmed to communicate and behave. And whatever names you call them, there's colors, there's animals, there's words, objects, and so forth. I happen to have given them numbers. These numbers represent how long it takes someone to make up their mind. And so the numbers I've given the four styles are two, four, six, and 8. Our number two buyer is that fast, driven, decisive, active person they want it done now. And they usually take one contact at most two. Think about it. If you're talking to that number two buyer, you better ask for the sale today, this moment, because you're not going to get a second chance. And then on the other extreme, we've got the number eight. If you turn eight on its side, it becomes infinity and this is the person and you're laughing because you that's recognize how long
0: it takes to close them
1: that's right you forever. recognize that this this person has to think about it forever oh, and they've got to absorb information and they're slower at processing and etc cetera, etc cetera. well the, the and then we've got the two and the six uh, the four and the six in between uh, who again have very different ways of processing and wanting information well the worst that goes With the number two are are words of excitement and energy and drive and decisiveness and bottom line and results. And the words that go with the number eight are research and data and statistics and study and learn. Very different language. You start talking about learning to the energetic person and you've lost them. They have no interest to learn. They want to give it to you, they want you to have done the learning and just give me the results.
0: Man, that is so true. For whatever reason, I keep getting surrounded by infinity people. <laughs> all the number eights are, are, are a lot of my clients, right? And, and, and I'm not. I'm a number two. So, so immediately there's that rub, right? There's that huge gap. And I'm like, all right, so here's the question. Here's the question.
1: We got to go back to your marketing, Joseph. I need to interrupt, folks. uh, Close your ears. This is a private message for Joseph. Okay, Um, Joseph, your marketing is somehow appealing to the number eight. We need to tweak it so it appeals to the number two, because you're very, you're very much the number two, number four buyer, Uh, and the number four is a heart-centered, caring individual, and uh, you're you're that intellectual type, the, the geeky type. That's
0: uh, not you. Oh my gosh, Startup Nation. I just got business slapped. That was <laughs> no, awesome. you
1: didn't.
0: No, that was so good because that was where I was going with my question. I'm like, should we only be marketing to people like us? Right? Guess
1: what? There, of the four styles, usually there are two of the four that you have an affinity to. Why? Because your business style is one of those and your personal style is a second. And those are the two people that you love working with. You click right away. It's authentic. It's genuine. It, it's heartfelt. It, it's You're on the same vibe, right? The other two styles find someone who does what you do. But they're that style. And now you can refer business to them and they can refer business to you and both of you do well.
0: I like it. I like it. My clients have told me there's no one else that does what I do, which is ridiculous to me. Ridiculous. Someone else start doing what I do. Come on, come on. But you got to be as good. You got to be good or I won't Mm -hmm. refer you. You know, Nancy, that's powerful. That is so powerful, you know? Because I'm getting this mix. I get a few decisive guys. They're just like, all right, what is it? Let's go, let's go, right? It's the way I was raised. It's like, just tell me the facts. Let's go. And then, uh, you know, 80%, it's 80-20. 80% are the slow thinkers, slow movers, slow result getters. And I'm just like, dude, just do the work and you'll get the result. Why is this like brain science, man? What's going on? All right, we got to change my marketing, people. If you know a great marketer out there, watch, I'm going to get just blown up here. (laughs) Who's a great marketer, a great copywriter that could shift my language? Go to EliteMensCoach.com, EliteMensCoach.com and tear apart my copy, I dare you. Anyway, all right, Maybe Maybe
1: I'll volunteer to help you with that copy here. (laughs)
0: Let's go, Nancy. Let's go. All right, what, what's been your number one marketing strategy that's helped you attract more customers?
1: It's called networking. It's, uh, you know, rub shoulders, shake hands, smile, exchange business cards. But here's the scoop, you got to follow up. And I know follow up is one of those activities that people usually, they they shirk it. And here's the story. Remember the two, four, six, eight, how many, how many touch points it needed for someone to make up their mind? That's why you have to follow up. Because the majority of people, if you know anything about sales statistics, 70% of sales come after six contacts. So that six and eight buyer, they're actually average. They're average buyers. And if you're not following up six, seven, eight times, you're missing out and leaving money on the table. Typically, again, I'm quoting sales statistics. Typically, you meet somebody, you exchanged a business card, however you did it. It could be, again, online, Uh, you got someone's contact information. Would you believe that 48%, almost half, will never follow up even once? oh my gosh, it blows my mind. Of the 52% that will at least reach out once, half of those will not do it a second time. And, and again, another half won't do it the third time. So by the time you get to six and seven and eight contacts, you've got only about 3% of the people willing to follow up and do follow up, and they get the lion's share of sales no wonder why that chameleon outsells the average 57 to 1 they follow up
0: you know immediately because i'm the number two right immediately us number twos we're like i don't have the patience to go chase down the number eights this is ridiculous i only want decisive people like screw them you're dead to me.
1: <laughs> let me tell a quick story. Why am uh, I wrong? Let me tell a quick story of, again, well, one of my uh, clients, a uh, strong number two. She's also a four. So you guys are very much alike. And just like you were saying, uh, she said, no, you know, if they don't sign up with me, I'm not chasing them. And she we we were doing some collaborative work together. And then she said, Oh, my God, I got it. So she actually reached out to one of those people who had put her off. She made two $10,000 sales just by reaching out to those people. And it wasn't even that she had to do it 678 times. People need to be invited to work with you. You hear the word invited, it goes back to permission, but people need to know you want to work with them. So don't shirk that. Don't, you know, say, oh, well, you know, they need to let me know. No, folks, you, if you are enjoying that person and you have something that you know will benefit them, isn't it the responsible thing to do, the humane thing to do to say, work with me? I can help you. I can solve that problem.
0: I have people around me in my own, uh, you know, church groups and stuff like that. These men that literally could be my clients. And I see the marriage, you know, mess ups and I see the pain they're going through. And it's just like, and I'm like, dude, like I can help you, man. And, but I'll say it once and they'll blow me off or whatever. And then I'm like, screw you (laughs) deal with your own mess. And you're telling me, I'm wrong, that I need to go back and say, hey, what are you doing? I can help you. Why do you keep like going through this banging your head thing, man? Stop it. And I should keep doing this until they give me a F off Joseph or a yes. Is that something? The or- best
1: salespeople will continue to ask until they have the person say, get out of my face, I don't wanna to talk to you again. And oh, that brings us to the no, okay? I mean, I, uh, let's talk about the no, because as a salesperson, you're bound to hear no. In fact, that's probably one of the reasons why people don't like selling, because they don't want to be rejected. And it, it hurts when someone says no, but they're not saying no to you. They're saying no to your offer. There is a difference. And so again, the best salespeople are able to Separate themselves personally from what it is they're offering, and when you say no, here is what you need to say. Um, and, and I have it in in the book, No Pressure Selling. It's a formula. It's called the No to Yes formula. So no, the timing isn't always right. However, with your permission, may I touch base with you periodically? Now I'm gonna. I'm a psychologist, so with your permission, I'm going to unpack what I just told you. I hope you're taking notes. Your prospect just said no. They're expecting you to defend what you had to say, push it again,
0: rebuttal, objections, all Mm
1: exactly. And instead, you have agreed with them. Yes. Oh my gosh, they agreed. (gasps) You know, it's almost like the air being let out of the balloon. Like, oh, I can relax a little bit. Furthermore, you're giving them a reason for why they said no. The timing isn't always right. So notice that you've actually shifted, no, I don't want your offer. No, I don't want to be in your email list. No, I don't want to buy your product to know the timing to be on your email list. The timing to buy the product is wrong. So the timing isn't always right. Now that we're aligned, we're joined, we're together, you're relaxed, you feel like I get you, I say the magic word, however. However says, we're about to make a little shift here, a little turn, we're about to change direction. Um, Because things have a way of changing. Now you're giving them new information. People don't change their minds without new information. If they've said no, and you haven't offered something new, they're gonna remain wedded to their no. But when you give them a new idea, new information, which is, you know, things have a way of changing, it's like, well, you're right. I never expected the pandemic and yet, look, things change dramatically and drastically because things have a way of changing. With your permission, may I, that, there it is, the permission statement, may I, and now we get into folksy language. Touch base with you periodically. Touch base doesn't say what we're going to do exactly. And periodically doesn't give a time frame. And when you use that language exactly as I just spelled it out, more than 85% of people who said no will shift and change yes. And by the way, this has been uh, researched through telemarketing as well as direct uh, selling. When you use this no formula, it works.
0: All right, so to clarify what I'm hearing you say, the no to yes formula, you just said 85% of people when they receive this communication from the seller, they shift to a yes, is this, so they shift from a no to the sale and the offer, to a yes to periodic communication, you could reach out to me, they're not shifting to a yes to the offer right there on the screen. Correct.
1: But notice the importance of maintaining the relationship, because it is about the relationship. And the fact that they're saying yes, let's stay in relationship gives you yet more opportunities to educate them, uh, you know, connect with them, empathize with them, whatever it is that they need as the two, four, six, and eight to make up their minds. And that's what's key is you keep maintaining the relationship. Folks, it's not about transactions. I know you thought sales was about transactions. That's like a blip in the radar screen. It's like one little dot. Sales is about building that relationship, asking, and then um serving the person for more sales it's not a one time destination and we're done get it
0: all right startup nation dr nancy Zare, she just taught us the magic no to yes sales formula all right hope you wrote that down if not go ahead and click replay and get that down on paper down on paper And if
1: anyone would like, I can give you a free copy of that as a card that you can put on your, um, you know, uh, your office bulletin board, or put in your wallet, or wherever it is that will help remind you of it. What a gal!
0: What a gal! Yeah,
1: contact me for it.
0: All right. So. We're about to move into my favorite part of the show, Nancy. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show minus the prizes. Are you ready?
1: I am ready.
0: Let's go. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business?
1: The freedom freedom of money, freedom of time, freedom to do what I want when I want to.
0: What is your least favorite thing about being an entrepreneur?
1: Oh, the paperwork. Oh, I hate the paperwork. That's why I have VA's details. Yuck.
0: I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally?
1: I am challenged with extra weight on my body.
0: Got it. Yeah. It's probably the three hats on your head. I'm just guessing.
1: (laughs) yeah there you go oh i better take them off
0: <laughs> take them off you'll feel so much lighter oh, magic.
1: That, it magic, worked
0: that's a magic weight loss formula by me yes uh <laughs> dr nancy what are you most afraid of
1: Ooh, afraid of not having answers when i'm asked
0: Ah, got it what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business
1: oh thinking about it yeah. rather than doing it
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Uh, that they won't like me, they'll reject me.
0: So you're like the rest of us. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business?
1: Uh, to collaborate and ask for help, get a coach, You know, look for other people who had done it better than I have so that they I could learn from them.
0: That's awesome. What's a new habit you're going to create this year?
1: Uh, Oof. I have. I don't make New Year's resolutions, so this that really stumps me. I didn't ask um, for a
0: resolution. What's a new habit I, I, you're going Yeah,
1: to well, to me, I guess I associate habits and re- resolutions. So, what's a new habit? Um, I, I post regularly. I I take out my dog. I don't know. Uh, wash the dishes. Who knows?
0: <laughs> what's a bad habit you are going to break?
1: Oh, that habit is uh, uh, having uh, Tic Tacs, you know, constantly, you know, I chew them.
0: Oh, you chew them? Yeah, got it. Uh, Pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: Uh, Flourishing, uh, enthusiastic, and knowledgeable.
0: Great words. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business.
1: Oh, baffled, confused, dragged down.
0: (laughs) And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about true success in life, what would you say to them? No, God. No, God. Okay. That's K-N-O-W for all you atheists out there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's about
1: your relationship with your higher power. It isn't really about all this material stuff we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, I hear you, girl. All right, this is time of the show, Nancy, where you get to give Startup Nation a homework assignment, if you'd like. Uh, What is one action that they must take this week if they really want to improve their marketing and sales?
1: I want you to use that no formula and then tell me how it works. And you can modify it a bit to, to your own circumstance. For example, instead of I touch base, I'll call you within three weeks, whatever you want to modify. But, however, I want you to practice uh, saying it because the more you practice it, the, the smoother you'll get at delivering it and the more authentic you'll sound.
0: All right. I like it. Startup Nation, if you enjoyed this show, please go to Apple Podcast, go to Stitcher Radio, stitcher.com or go to first 100k.com first 100k.com write your five-star review for Dr. Nancy Zaire she's shared her intellect with us today She's shared her heart she shared her humor she wore three hats on her head just for us I mean this is family right here right here all right go write her a five-star review would you do that for her and if we like what you uh, write and it's not questionable or sketchy, uh, then we will uh, read it live on the show and give you a shout out like I'm about to do for uh, handle Brian DAVC, Brian DAVC 1299, who wrote, uh, this show podcast is what entrepreneurs need. Joseph asked the right questions to get at the heart of how you reach this huge entrepreneurial milestone. The first $100, $1,000, or $100,000 are the hardest. Listening to this show will help you make those initial steps before you take your huge leap into success. Thank you, Brian, for your five-star review. Startup Nation, go write yours now. Nancy, where does Startup Nation go to find out more about you, to get your little uh, sales reminder card? What do you got for them?
1: So you can obviously uh, contact me at my, uh, I'm going to give you my Gmail address, because that's the easiest one, nancy.zare at gmail.com. You can also find me, of course, on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, even TikTok and YouTube.
0: Okay, and what's the website where we go?
1: rapportbuilders.com and rapport for those of you don't uh, know english is r-a-p-p-o-r-t and builders ends with a z for zare b-u-i-l-d-e-r-z.com rapportbuilders.com all
0: right so rapport is in english and builders is not
1: got it no <laughs> All right. because rapport- I, I i i created my own builders with a z
0: they're <laughs> so fun. All right. Nancy Zera. Thank you for being on your first 100k. I wish you God's love, peace and joy in
1: your life. Thank you. God bless.
0: Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock? in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that wanna talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you wanna get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction, be done with the medications,